Hey, mothers and lovers. Welcome to Hella Smart Mothers. I'm your host, Nicole Delahousse. I'm a boy mom, a wife, and attorney by day. I'm sure you're wondering, what is a Hella Smart Mother? A Hella Smart Mother is a mom who wants to be the best version of herself for herself and her family, but mostly for herself. If this is you, welcome to the mom squad you never knew you needed. Hella Smart Mothers starts now. Hey, mothers and lovers. In this episode of Confessions of a Hella Smart Mother, I want to talk about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. And it's something that black and brown mothers and fathers have to always be prepared for. Um, the other day, uh, another mom at my kid's school, she told me about how my four-year-old st- stood up for her son when another kid was picking on him. And, you know, to do so, he kind of nudged the aggressor in a way to put some space between the two that were in the altercation. And I was just so proud because, you know, I'm like, my four-year-old did that. And my husband and I, we, you know, we talked about it and he was super proud and he shared it um, with one of his coworkers. And the coworker was just like, you know, you need to be really careful about praising that kind of behavior because in a public elementary school setting, you know, our son could have also gotten in trouble for his involvement in the incident. And, you know, it was kind of in that moment that it really like clicked for me that while the draconian zero tolerance rules that a lot of schools, you know, especially public schools, you know, are in play are and are, and are partially to blame, but to a lot of teachers and administrators and whatnot, you know, my sweet, protective, you know, amazing son will likely be viewed as an aggressor for no other reason but for the color of his skin. And, you know, that that hurts me to my core. You know, he's going to go to kindergarten next year and he'll be moving away from his extremely diverse Spanish immersion preschool that he and his brother go to. And he's going to be going to the predominantly white neighborhood school. And y'all, mother is on edge. <laughs> I just, you know, the thought of somebody stripping away my boy's black boy joy, you know, it, it just, it, it's, it is nerve wracking and it hurts my heart. It, it hurts my heart. And so, you know, you know me, I started doing some research and it wasn't, it didn't make me feel better at all. <laughs> Um, During the research, I learned um, that according to the ACLU, Black students are suspended and expelled three times more likely than their white counterparts for the exact same, like, infractions. Um, Safequalityschools.org cited that 70% of in-school arrests and or referrals to law enforcement typically involve Black and Latinx students. And, of course, there were many, many more troubling stats that I encourage you all to research on your own. But suffice to say, uh, your girl is shook. (laughs) I am, like, I'm just so nervous about sending my sweet brown boys from a school where, you know, there are other kids that look like them and there are teachers that are used to seeing children that look like them and, you know, throughout the, their career to 
a predominantly white school where their behavior will be seen as more punishable than their white classmates. And I just, oh, I'm I'm not I'm not ready for that. But to alleviate some of this concern that I have, you know, I started brainstorming about what we as parents can do to preserve some of that black boy, black girl joy, black girl magic, whatever you want to call it, brown boy joy and brown girl magic in a society that doesn't want them to have it. And the main thing that I thought about is how we need to make sure that they feel supported and like we always always have their backs. And so I came up with five tips to keep in our back pockets to make sure that our kids do not lose their joy. Um, the first tip is form a relationship with your child's teacher and the principal. And I know it's hard. You know, school hours are not set up for working parents by any means. Work is from what, eight to five for some, you know, for most of us. And school is from what, like 730 to three. And so we, we have to make a conscious effort to be available to our kids' schools and to be available on parent-teacher night and to go to those parent-teacher conferences. If you have the extra time to, to sign up for PTA, to sign up for you know those parent organizations that help set the tone of the school. You know, if a teacher knows that the parents are involved and that they will be there, they're not, they're going to be less likely to you know, mess with your kid and to do something that they know you would find questionable and you will be on their ass the second that it happens. (laughs) So I definitely encourage, you know, I know we have a lot going on, school, work, extracurricular activities, trying to find time with your significant other. I know there's so much, so much pressure, so much stuff to do, but try to find time to, to, to at minimum, you know, introduce yourself let the teacher know that you want to work hand in hand with them to educate your kids and that, you know, you are taking it seriously and that you do know that teaching 35 year olds, 30 pause, five year olds (laughs) is a different, (laughs) is a difficult task. And I'm sure teaching 35 year olds is a difficult task as well, but, you know, let them know that you understand and that you want to be a partner in this, in this journey. Number two is to know the school district, the school, sorry, and the district policies. So that means actually reading the handbook. I know we get so much paper throughout the day and a lot of us just want to put it down. You don't have time. You don't want to, you don't feel like reading it. But it is very important that as parents, you understand what the school's policies are on certain things and what the district's policies are on certain things. And for the most part, they should coincide, but there might be some you know, overarching policies and procedures that the district has that may not be in the specific um, school's handbook. So make sure you at least, if I mean, and I'm not saying like read it cover to cover because who has time for that, but get a general idea of what, you know, some hot button things might be. What is the disciplinary procedure? You know, if your kid gets in a, a physical altercation what happens? If your kid is defending themselves, what happens? Do they have a bullying policy? Do they have a policy about dress code and hairstyles and all that kind of stuff? Because as we all know, black and brown kids are much more heavily, 
you know, policed on those type of um, infractions than their white counterparts are. So be aware of what those policies are and what the um, potential punishments are. And then segue that into number three, find out the disciplinary appeals process at your school and or school district. Um, this is really important because, you know, our kids are not angels. They will get in trouble. They will do something that likely causes them to receive a disciplinary action. And um, I would say, you know, more often than not, it is warranted. A disciplinary action is warranted. And we cannot pretend like our kids are these, you know, incredible angels that do not misbehave and follow directions all the time because that's just not reality. So, but in those instances when they are punished unreasonably or when, you know, they're punished, our kids are punished more harshly than, you know, Jimmy over here, we need to be aware of what the appeals process is. And a lot of times it's, you know, writing a letter, it's getting some type of documentation, it's being, I mean, it, we have to be there, you know. Our children should not be put in a position where no one has their back when they're in these situations and, you know, their white counterparts, parents are right there to help them out. And I know some people might look at that as like helicopter parenting, you know, let your kid take take their punishment. And if it were being given on an equal um, and, and fair basis, I would say, sure do that. But knowing what the statistics are for the punishment and the disciplinary actions of black and brown children, we have to be a little bit more vigilant and we have to be there for our kids to make sure that they are not being unfairly punished because that stuff follows them. You know, um, some of the statistics from the ACLU basically said that kids who are suspended and expelled have a much higher percentage of, you know, being in in jail and yeah the prison the school to prison pipeline is a real thing and so I, I don't want people to think that oh a suspension here because your kid was acting up or an expulsion or anything like that is not a big deal it's a really big deal like once you start becoming kind of a target for disciplinary actions you become a target and they will look for any and every little thing to try to get you know, get a reason that your your kid is in trouble. And, and so we just really need to be vigilant about that. Um, number four is know your child's behavior patterns and keep the teachers in the loop. This goes kind of hand in hand with tip number one of um, forming a relationship with your child's teacher. So we all know how our kids' general temperament is at home. And I know that it can often differ between home and school, <clears throat> Excuse me, but that's also where the relationship with the teacher comes in. So if you know Miss Smith realizes that you know your kiddo is is acting differently at school than he typically acts, that's something that you want to be able you know you want her to be able to feel like she can come to you and let you know that that is something that's going on. If Mr. Johnson you know, realizes that your, your kiddo who used to be happy and jovial is now kind of retreating and not doing what he used to do or he's, he or she is acting out or whatever, that's something that you would want the teachers to be able to come to you and tell you. And the same goes for if you notice that something is happening at home and that your kid might be acting a little bit out of sorts, like that is a time where you would 
want to bring that up to the teacher. So if there is a situation going on with your little sweet pea, <laughs> they're aware of it and they know that it's, you know, that there are outside factors going on with your kid's behavior and they will likely not punish them as harshly when they're aware of those things. So definitely try to keep both both parties need to have that relationship to be able to keep the other in the loop. And last but is really the overarching theme of, of these tips is to always advocate on your child's behalf and really drill into them the importance of them requesting you be there when there's a, you know, a, dis- a disciplinary action, especially involving suspensions, expulsions, that time, type of thing that would hinder their ability to go to school. Um, Anytime your child is in front of a principal or an administrative figure, a school, um, police officer, anything like that, you have the right to be there with them. And I, as an attorney, my my inclination is is to always have your kids say, I don't want to speak to you outside the presence of my mom or dad, guardian, whatever, because it is that important especially if there if law enforcement is involved. I cannot stress that enough. Um so yeah, just definitely drill that into your children that anytime, you know, if, if it's a you get in cut get in trouble, you gotta go stand in the corner, you miss recess, you get a detention, something like that. No, you know, those are likely you did something that warranted that type of punishment, which I think of course, punishments are warranted in certain situations, but when it comes to a situation like expulsion, suspension, anything like that, that is when I feel our presence is definitely necessary. Um, but yeah, so those five things were kind of just some ideas that I kicked around in my head that I will implement next year with my baby. <laughs> goes to kindergarten in public school and leaves kind of, you know, the bubble of of the the private preschool that he's been at for the last three years where, you know, we know the owner and the director and all the teachers and the after school care, you know, we know all of those people and they know our son and the other parents know our son and we know their kids and because it's a small setting. Um, and so I definitely, first day of uh, meet the teacher night. I want to set that tone that you know I am A's mom, and I'm not gonna play those reindeer games. <laughs> so I, I encourage you all to do the same. All parents of of black and brown children, like let's you know make sure we try to keep their joy for as long as possible. The world is gonna try to strip them of it, no matter what. You know, on my Instagram stories the other day, I I polled and asked how many um, black and brown parents have had the talk with their kid. And and for those who don't know what I mean by the talk, it's basically the talk that black and brown parents have to have with their children to let them know that people in this world will not like them, will not respect them, will not treat them the same way just because of the color of their skin. And that they will have to work twice as hard. And they will have to prove themselves more than their white counterparts. And if they are stopped by police, that they can't pop off and mouth off to a police officer the way that their white friends made. That they can't roam through the neighborhood with pretend guns. That they can't wear hoodies when they walk you know, down the street. All these things that we have to teach our children, especially our boys, just 
to be safe and to navigate through this world. And it is such a sobering, such a sobering thing to think about that it is pretty exclusive to black and brown parents, but it is something that we have to do to make sure that our, our children survive. Um, one of the respondents to the Instagram story said she had the talk with her, her son at the age of eight. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, my son's almost, almost five. So in just a couple of years, I'm going to have to tell him that those police officers that he loves so much that he thinks are the coolest thing in the world may not think that he is. And that hurts my heart. It hurts my heart to the core. Just the thought of of slowly stripping away that black boy joy that he has. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard. And I believe that every black and brown parent is going through that same thought process. I know um, a lot of times we think that these are new, new things, <laughs> that things have gotten worse, but obviously that's not the case. You know, a lot of our parents grew up in the 60s and 70s, and obviously it was much worse then, and their parents had to have these same conversations with them. So even though we see it more, you know, in the advent of social media and, and 24-hour news cycles and, and all of that, it's not different. It's the same. It's been the same, which is sad. You know, it's sad that in 2019, these are the conversations that are still having to be had. And it does seem like there that instances of, of racial injustice and racial prejudice and all that are at a higher, you know, higher rate. It's, they're not, you know, we just, we see them more because we see everything more. Um, I feel like I'm kind of rambling right now, but, you know, as parents of black and brown children, let's do everything we can to protect their joy and to protect their magic and to and to never let them feel like even if the world is trying to strip that from them, that we always have their back and we will always protect them the best that we can. All right, mothers and lovers, thanks for listening to this quick episode of Confessions of a Hella Smart Mother. We will have a really cool episode um, next week with host of the Glow Up podcast, Miss Lene Hippolette. So I'm really excited about that. Um, in the meantime, I hope you guys like the, uh, like the show. So please go subscribe, rate, and review if you're listening on a- Apple Podcasts or iTunes. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great day, y'all. Bye. This episode of Hella Smart Mothers was researched, produced, and hosted by Nicole Delahousse. Show advisor is Natasha LaFere. Hey, mothers and lovers, if you guys want to know what the mothers have going on, follow us on Instagram at hellasmartmothers.com. Guess what? Hellasmartmothers.com is coming soon. Stay tuned. All right. Bye, y'all.